0: Morning, folks. Jerry Autry here. Lesson the old podcast that I'm constantly thinking about. Uh, maybe I should knock this off because remember, I got uh, into the podcast business because I was a Myers-Briggs expert, self-appointed, but I've been involved with it in a, a long time. And so I said, hey, what I want to learn a little bit about podcast and see if it would be useful for well if I it was part of my hobby I'm a, I'm a writer mostly, but I always have thought of it more or less as a hobby, and so here's something else: I'm a self-diagnosed ADD, so I always have to have a bunch of stuff to do, so uh, let's give podcast a shot. Well, you know, I ran out of stuff with the Myers Briggs primarily because, um, you know, if you take the Myers Briggs, you got your instrument, your test, you know what your profile is. Uh, you decide, hey, this is really me, and this is the way I want to use it, and it becomes a way of life with you, which it has with me. You know, I talk to people, I think to myself automatically, "What's this guy's profile, or what? What is she saying?" It would make her uh, ENF an ENFJ or an ENTP or whatever it might be. But, you know, once you've done all of that and you don't have any face-to-face, we are talking virtual, hey, what else can you do? So I thought, well, I'll I'll do some really short comments, uh, things that are going on with me and what's happening with me. And so so here we are. Uh, The first thing I think this morning is the A virus. I mean, it looks like it's come back with an absolute vengeance uh, to a lot of people. I mean, to uh, a lot of states that had opened up. And, uh, you know, it's altered all of our lives. It's not like, uh, for instance, um, Myself, I'm not like some refugee in Palestine or somewhere, but, hey, it's altered my life. I love to hang out. I love to go to different coffee shops out doing stuff. Well, that's that's finished. You can forget that. So it has affected us. It's affected all of us, and we'll never be back the way we were, so forget that. Let us try to get through it. And my the big thing, you know, you have a whole, you know, the, the coronavirus, it dominates the news and everything else. And I understand people are getting sick, they're dying, and I and I really get that. And the the paltry idea that uh, it's interfering with me hanging out at some of the coffee shops and stuff like that. I mean, come on, wake up and smell the roses. But anyway, I, here we are. We're doing the best we can. The big controversy is a face mask, and here's where I feel about that. I mean, come on. I mean, what what sort of trouble does it take to put on face masks? I wear a bandana, make kind of a game out of it. I always take an extra one in case I run into somebody. But what's the big deal? I mean, this is not a test of freedom. This has to do with health, your health and the other people's health. So what's the big thing? And uh, washing your hands often and uh, staying away from crowds or trying to social uh, distance I mean, what what is the big deal in wearing a face mask? Come on, give me a break. I mean, uh, this is not time to proclaim uh, your independence. Some people will, and it's a bunch of bullshit, but ain't hey, nothing I can do about it. I mean, but anyway, that's, that's my thought about that, so get with it. And the other thing that's in the news that especially uh, uh, kind of uh, fascinates me is the idea that from the intelligence committee or somebody who briefed the president, hell, I didn't pay that much attention. But uh, but that uh, the Russians were going to pay money for uh, killing American soldiers. I guess I don't know where Iraq or Afghanistan. And somewhat, I kind of doubt that. I, you know, I somehow know that it doesn't ring true to me. And of course, uh, you know, here's an example of uh, an, uh, of what we face. I mean it, that. That there's no warfare that's worse, literally, trust me on this. There's no warfare that's worse than uh, uh, warfare in cities and towns and urban warfare because uh, it's a prescription to be killed. And of course, we come to this point in my own thinking. Um, I think about Vietnam a lot, and as a Vietnam veteran, something that really does uh, irritate me so bad. You know, when we came back, and we were treated like shit, uh, and and it's been a hard, hard thing for a lot of us to get over. And uh, the only redeeming thing that we could possibly think that maybe we have been so stupid, we have done so stupid about the war in Vietnam that, and, and treating vets or treating those who did go when, we, when they came home, we've done so terrible about that that never again uh, will we be that stupid to get into an endless war or something like Vietnam. Well, forget that. I mean, look at Iraq, Afghanistan, no telling where else uh, that we're doing, uh, and you, you, I'd be hard pressed for I mean to agree with the president on anything, and uh, I'm a, a long shot from where he is, but when he talks about these, got to get out of these endless wars, hey, that's exactly right. We've got to get, get away from these endless wars. You know, I've just finished... Uh, Really, a, a good book about a week ago called *The Sympathizer*, written by the Vietnamese guy. Uh, I can't even pronounce it correctly. Vietnam Tan Nguyen, I think it's called *The Sympathizer*, and it's fiction. It's fiction, but it's obvious that he has some really uh, strong feelings about uh, our involvement uh, in Vietnam. Even and, and although he says a lot of good things, but he has yes. i want to read them to you. I'm reading right out of the book. This Black April, the 40th is a time to reflect on the stories of our war. Some may see our family of refugees as having is living proof of the American dream. My parents are prosperous, my brother is a doctor who leads a White House advisory committee, and I am a professor and novelist. But our family story is a story of loss and death, for we are here only because the United States fought a war that killed three million of our countrymen, not counting over two billion others who died in neighboring Laos and Cambodia. Filipinos are here largely because of the Philippine-American War, which killed more than 200,000. Many Koreans are here because of a chain of events, a chain of events set off by the war that that killed over two million. We can argue about the cause for these wars. This is still the author speaking. We can argue about the causes of these wars and the, the apportioning of blame. But the fact is that war begins and ends over here, with the support of citizens for the war machine with the arrival of frightened refugees fleeing wars, we have have instigated meaning we meaning the u s telling these kinds of stories or learning to read, see and hear family stories as war stories is an important way to treat the this disorder of our military-industrial complex, for rather than being disturbed by the idea that war is hell, this complex thrives on it. You know, I didn't do such a hot job of redeem, because it brings tears to my eyes for one thing, to think that we are still doing this, uh, that we really did instigate the wars, and they, they begin and end with us, and it's time to put this behind us. And uh, we need to realize that. You know what worries me about Biden is that he's going to fall into the same trap that most presidents have. You know, talk tough and uh, we've got to uh, have a strong defense. Well, sure, we can do that, but we don't have to start wars. Okay, sorry, I ran off a lot this morning, but uh, I'm trying to be a little more organized. Hey, God bless you. God bless America out here.